They say slow and steady wins the race. But sometimes the surest trail ain't the fastest. At least that's how Mando saw it. Special like when you're hauling precious cargo and still got that pesky mark on your head. It'll be a cold day on Mustafar before he lets the law catch up. But the wind be a howling, Mando. The wind be a howling. Spoilers ahead. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Hoth Topics, a podcast about Star Wars. Joining you today is me, Ian, your co-host. Joining me is our other co-host, as always, John. Hello. And, once again, continuing our Mando review, recap, and other words beginning with re, Mike. Roommate Mike is here. That's me. Yes, it is. So, gentlemen, uh, probably going to be a little bit of a shorter episode, because the episode of The Mandalorian that we're covering is one of the shorter ones, I think. Straight facts, Mike. Can you confirm? Yeah, it's pretty short. It's about only about 40 minutes long. Roommate Mike mm-hmm. coming at you with a straight facts. Straight facts with roommate Mike. So, not one of the, the, the longer ones, uh, but there's still going to be plenty to talk about. And this is chapter... 10. 10. And it's The Passenger, mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. And definitely it. not The Frog. It is not the title. Which is what was going to come out of my mouth at mm-hmm. first. But then I remembered that would be probably wrong. Probably. Probably. <sighs> Froggily wrong. So, let's go... <laughs> let's go into... <laughs> My brain is broken. So let's ju- jump straight straight into it. Some of, the, some of the cool stuff we liked about this episode. John, let's start with you. I love that we started on Tatooine again. It's my favorite place to keep revisiting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Well, we hadn't left from the last time, right, to yeah. be fair. That, that, that was the joke. It, it was kind of like a weird intro with Mando flying back towards uh, Mos Eisley and then getting clotheslined by a clothesline. And I think all to set up a joke of somebody trying to steal his jetpack and then the jetpack being remote controlled, which was hilarious. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, there, it didn't really serve anything unless at some point he's going to come back to Tatooine, but he needs a speeder, but he no longer has access to that speeder. Also, uh, Amy Sedaris's character did not mention the speeder, remember? It was mentioned in the previous episode when uh, Mando asked, hey, is the speeder still around? Right. And she said yes. Right. But but she didn't acknowledge that the speeder was, was gone. Was yes. no longer there, yeah. Right. <laughs> I was a little concerned that she was going to be pissed that he didn't bring back her speeder. Maybe it's because of all the meat he brought back, and all also she, dragon meat. She also charged him for a finder's fee when bringing oh, the she, passenger. She was going to do that anyway. Well, yeah, <laughs> true. What what what's interesting about your point, John, where oh, that beginning scene doesn't really serve anything? It kind of fits into the following scene where he shows up and interrupts the poker game between Doctor Mandible. Uh, and Amy Sedaris' character. Because, like, the last episode setup was pretty perfect in that, where do I need to go? I need to find Mandalorian, so there's one on Tatooine. I'm going to go to Tatooine and figure it out. But that quest ended, and he got he has, like, nothing, nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he just kind of, like, walks into the bar... And Dr. Mandible happens to be playing cards there and happens to know about someone who could lead him to other Mandalorians. It's like, 
Yeah, it's it, I've seen weaker setups, but it was a pretty weak setup. The whole beginning of this episode seems to be setting up for the next step because the last step was was great, but they didn't really have anywhere to go, so they kind of fumble it felt it felt a little fumbly to me narratively. But once they got there, they got there. Mm-hmm. It felt like in a video game where you pick up the side quest and forget to pick up the main quest. So he went and killed the big scary monster and it turned out, oh, that wasn't even what I needed to do anyway. Right. I'm just going to go back here and talk to Dr. Mandible who's got (laughs) all the information I need to actually do the thing that I wanted to do. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. 100%. What else you got for us, John? I feel like I keep wanting to say Pele. Yeah, Pele. Um, as, as we've seen, we, she, she kind of only speaks some, like, half-truths to, to oh, Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah. So, we we don't know that Dr. Mandible actually knows where any Mandalorians are. We just take it at her word that he knows what's up. Especially because she needs him, she needs the Mandal- uh, Den to pony up for Dr. Mandible solely so she could win all of his money and more of his money. Dr. Mandible's money and the Mandalorian's money. Yeah. That makes more sense. And, and we see that a couple more times in this where she vouches for the passenger's, like, intentions and, like, character. And then at the end, like, oh, like, I met her, like, ten minutes before you walked up, like, sort of thing. I was going somewhere with that, but then uh, my brain shut off. Um, I need to close my browser, otherwise I'm going to keep staring at Twitter. Um, <laughs> never do never that. Never do that. Never, Awful, ever yeah. do that. You go down weird rabbit holes, you click on trendings that have nothing to do with anything. But if you want to start your next rabbit hole, go ahead and start with at Hothpod. Mm. Oh. Shameless plug. No, Continue. No. That broke my brain further. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am so sorry. <laughs> so so at this point we get the introduction of, of, of the passenger who is a frog lady who is referred to as Frog Lady. Frog Lady, lady in the credits. Frog. Um, she has a delicate cargo of her unfertilized eggs that she needs to get to trask trask thank you yeah i think um yeah i was just gonna say other planet yeah i kept i wanted to say i want to i kept wanting to say dak but that's not where they're going nope no dak um oh, it might as well want, be dak <laughs> right and uh the, the 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 catch with this trip is that he can't fly it in hyperspace or it will kill the eggs yeah, something like that. Which sounds ridiculous, but I've watched enough sci-fi to know that at some point you need to limit people's speed, otherwise you can't have a story. Sure. Uh, <laughs> and in real life, there's, like, stuff that can't be transported It's, it's under... basically Star Trek Discovery right now, where no one can travel at faster than, like, speed, except for one ship. Hmm. Um, because it time-traveled from 3,000 years in the past or something. I'm not following Discovery all that much. I like Lower Decks. Anyway, Star Wars. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So Din's all upset because he doesn't want to be a taxi service, but uh, the frog lady says that her husband knows, has seen Mandalorians on Trask. Doesn't know there's Mandalorians, but has seen them, uh, which is what we got about Tatooine, where a Mandalorian was seen. Well, my brain just skipped right straight to the next episode. (laughs) Well, (laughs) so it's interesting, like, you make that point where he doesn't want to be a taxi service, but he also makes a point to say traveling fast is how we stay safe right right so, so not he, not only is he sort of compromised by taking a passenger on but he's also even further compromised by having to travel at a speed where he can be detected 
Right. Which certainly it like that serves to bite him in in the butt here when two X-wing pilots. Before he gets on the trip, there's something that I saw that I thought was really interesting because even at sublight speeds, these trips could take forever. But if you watch him program the navigational data in, it appears that he plots a course around several gravity wells that look a lot like gravitational slingshots, where if you're a fan of Star Trek or Kerbal Space Program, you know that the gravitational slingshots are a great way to get a lot of speed to travel to further distances. And I thought that was kind of cool that they put that in for a half second shot of Din plotting this course to get max speed or it could just be wanted to fly in S's because serpentine. Hmm. I like your version better. It, it sounds, sounds cool. a lot it sounds a lot better than fly serpentine and no one can find you. Yeah. No, that sounds really cool. <laughs> and I didn't notice that too. That's really awesome. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, so they get up into space, space. traveling at sublight. Now this is where we get our first instance of something that's a little controversial in the episode, which is uh, the child eating some of the frog woman's eggs. There are some people out there who are like, it's a space movie, what's the big deal? Some people out there who were kind of uncomfortable with it. And I was kind of uncomfortable with it. The first time it happened, it was kind of like, ooh, don't do that. I got the gag, right? But it kept happening. Yeah. And it it stopped being funny after the first time and just kind of became horrible. And I don't know what's worse, the fact that it happened, the fact that the the, you know, the frog lady didn't seem to notice. And to people who give the argument it's not a big deal, it's like, well, yeah, but she made it a big deal. Like the dialogue makes it a big deal. So, I uh, I don't know about that, but I, I did, um, because I was kind of weird on it, I had asked my, my dad at the end of the episode, because I'd watched it again with him, what he thought, without prefacing it at all. I was like, hey, so what did you think about the whole Baby Yoda eating the eggs gag? And he was like, eh, it was whatever, it's kind of funny. So I wonder if it's maybe a, just like a, a an age gap with the writers and the, not age gap, but maybe just like storytelling the films and tv shows they grew up with have used that sort of humor and it's right and today with like the internet where and re-watching and streaming we're able to like look over things and deep dive into them more mm-hmm. and so we're kind of like uh i don't know about that but the only reason that occurs is because we have the luxury of watching it over and over again i don't know this is an interesting take what do you guys think um i hated it but I don't care enough about it to like have it diminish my thoughts on like the show or sure. or even the episode. Um, I just like I saw I've never rooted for a character in the Mandalorian more than Frog Lady. She's the epitome of just good and innocent in the show, <laughs> and for Baby Yoda to just see her babies as food and they can't defend themselves and he just gets to have however many he wants for the sake of comedy i wasn't all about so uh not for me but i can see the humor in it and i don't i don't hate that it exists it's just not for me that's all fair john eggs i thought there was a couple different interesting ways to look at it throughout the series we've seen we've seen jawas just destroy a giant creature's egg we've seen yoda eat or try to eat several frogs 
so I'm, I'm thinking in the writing room they thought maybe this wouldn't be different. But the, the difference is the eggs being eaten are the offspring of a sentient creature, I think, which is what's striking home with everyone else. Like, we see him eat the frog and we think it's funny or, like, spit the frog out in season one. That, that's all right uh, for most people. <laughs> um, sure. But I, th- I think because uh, the frog lady said that, you know, this is probably going to be her or this is her last her last um their last what, chance to have right trying to think of what the continue. correct term is for a whole bunch of eggs a clutch, clutch. of eggs yeah that doesn't sound right that makes it still sound like food well what i was kind of hoping is that there was a gag that was going to be like this was there was going to be a punchline there's going to be a payoff at the yeah. end or like in the next episode like we get to trask it turns out those weren't her eggs or like drugs or something and baby odor right like, all sorts of messed up but that didn't happen <laughs> no he yeah, just like, kept eating were, eggs yeah, just <laughs> e- eating your children yeah uh, there the the two x-wing pilots show up and uh because that he's traveling sublight they get a chance to pull him over essentially and ask him for his uh it's like hey your uh your transponder's not on it's like yep could you could you turn it on for us? They didn't have one. Uh, n- nope. Doesn't seem to be working. Okay. No, those are two different things. The transponder he didn't have because his ship was built before the Empire, so at the time it wasn't it was like grandfathered in. And then they needed him to send him a ping, which I'm assuming is probably some sort of like vehicle reference. Send them a sure. like a VIN number or yeah. something like that. But the, the beacon itself, I think, is supposed to do the same thing, the transponder. Probably. So, but, yeah. like, yeah, but be on. But, like, all broadcast, yeah. So, just like, hey, maybe uh, maybe give us your identification. And he's like, do I have to? And they're like, yeah. yeah. Kind of. So, he sends them the, his, his ID, his ping, and they were like, wasn't this the ship that was near that prison ship where everything went down? And, uh... And he noped right out yeah, of there. noped right out of there. Uh, gave him the slip. Landed on a uh, not very sturdy patch of ice. Landed is a generous term. Crashed into a not very... <laughs> <laughs> and then so crashed he again. Went, he went ice skating with his ship and then just happened to stop on a not so good spot. It was a really cool chase scene. Like, mm-hmm. I, I liked it, mm-hmm. you know. Some, some, some atmospheric ship combat. Or at least ship flying is not something we see all the time in Star Wars. Right. So that was pretty cool to see. Then follows follows the Cave of Wonders. Your favorite part of any Star Wars. Yeah. I, cave so, of Spiders. I don't I don't much care for spiders. <laughs> you see Ian. Send your spider pictures to at Hothpod. No, specifically. If you at do that, Hoth, I will uh, cry. Hothpod Ian. Oh, right. right. No, don't, don't, no. <laughs> no. All the scariest space spiders. I will cry. I, I appreciate that you call it the Cave of Wonders because all Baby Yoda had to do was touch the lamp. But he went for the eggs. <laughs> <laughs> touch nothing but the lamp. Um, yeah, so they're stranded there. The ship's all busted. Frog Lady's like, maybe fix the ship? Like, she, she uses Richard Iowati's character yeah. to talk in frog speak. 
to the yeah. Mandalorian, and then uh, she pieces out because the Mandalorian is like, "No, I got to sleep this off," and she was not having it. She understands so she, the the, so she the importance of the situation, and Mando's like, "No, I'll, I'll deal with it in the morning." Well, then he did get up and and start fixing the ship, right? And then that's when she wandered off because she was cold, so she wandered into ice caves. Mm-hmm. But then she found a hot spring. Perfect. No. Everything's fixed. No. Oh. Spiders. Oh, they're spiders. I will say, they're a cool design, and it was kind of cool to hear some of the behind-the-scenes stuff where they're like, we've been staring at this Ralph McQuarrie-inspired thing for Empire for years and haven't used it. Um, or at least haven't used it in live action. Because they, they had some similar creatures in uh, Star Wars Rebels, but yeah. So, I don't know. You guys talk about spiders. I don't, I don't want to talk about spiders. Uh, I liked how many eyes they had, and I liked how many eyes they had of different sizes randomly just everywhere. Well, so that I was, thought that was a lot of fun. That was in the concept art. The ones themselves kind of only had the, the band of eyes around sort of the... Mm. The notch area. I like the, the concept art spiders. Eyes everywhere. <laughs> eyes on eyes. Yeah. I mean, it, they still had too many eyes. I mean, they were just... And too much teeth. Too many teeth. I liked the teeth different sizes. There was very tiny ones, and there were one really big, big, big one. Big honking ones? Big honking spiders. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this is where the egg thing was going, so... Mando finds Frog Lady in a hot spring, brining with her eggs. <laughs> Having a jacuzzi right with her eggs. Yeah. Brining with her eggs. <laughs> <laughs> oh. that, was, that was the wrong word, I apologize. Yeah. Um, Having a spa day with the eggs. Yeah. Didn't realize this is stupid, starts gathering up the eggs. And mm-hmm. while he's doing that, Baby Yoda goes and finds more eggs, you know, because in sci-fi, you got to have a cave with mysterious egg sacks right. that are full of wonderful things. Yeah. Be that face huggers. Or head crabs, the flood, of course, floods, some basically sort of, just marking eggs. Some sort of terrifying insect so, hybrid nonsense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, so the baby Yoda finds bigger eggs. This finds time. eggs like he's been eating, just on the ground, free. Pops one open, eats the the crunchy little critter inside, and I thought this would be. Well, then all the eggs start hatching, and baby Yoda looks all scared because. He should be. Because of spiders. Right. And I thought that would teach him the lesson of, like, maybe don't eat eggs. Nah, he's going like, to keep eating those yeah, eggs. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't learn that lesson. <laughs> um, he's all about those those frog eggs. It was a fun little uh, fun, fun little run from spiders and shooting spiders. It mm-hmm. just reminded me of every time you meet the Flood in Halo. Yep. You don't fight them. You just run and hope. Uh, I liked when Frog Lady uh, reverted to her frog form and then frog leaped everywhere. <laughs> That was ridiculous. Form of a frog. I grabbed her clothes from the hot spring with her tongue. With her tongue. Yeah. yeah, genius. Good stuff. Yeah, quality content. And that that that's a good point too. Is the the the, the puppeteering of the frog costume getup? <laughs> what was really well done, you know. And right. the, there's a reason why people are, you know, like you were saying, you know, you get you want to root for frog oh, yeah. lady. It's because she's very expressive. That's something that this show in general has done a really good job of because they have all these characters who you don't see their faces. Mm-hmm. And we touched on it a bit in the last episode with the expressiveness and they've continued to do a really good job. So spiders happen. True. There's there's a, one of the parts I really enjoy is when... 
spiders. They they get no. They get to I mean this this is spider related and I shouldn't like it, but but the the sound design's really good where mm-hmm. he's engaged the engine, you know, they've pushed them all back like all right, this better work and the the razor crest is slowly coming out of the ice and the music is getting, you know, it's starting to do the hero theme, yeah. you know, like the and it's Get building, hopeful. it's building, dun, 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 dun. nope, just the spider just comes down, the giant one just like crushes it back into mm-hmm. the ice, and as as terrifying as that was, <laughs> I, I still couldn't help but laugh at it, because right. it was just so well-timed. And then we see it's too many teeth, and then the, our, our buddies the X-Wing pilots show up again, and they had stuff to say. Yeah, they took out, uh, took out the rest of the spiders. It, was, it felt like it took them forever. It's just like them just shooting spiders for what felt like minutes. was probably only like 20 seconds or something. But um, they just kept shooting spiders over and over again. It was Ian's hero. Um, yeah. And then, <laughs> uh, and then they popped out of the X-Wings and then got all sassy with, uh, with Mando. <laughs> One, one thing I liked in, uh, when you think all was lost to the spiders and then you start hearing blasters from outside. At least for me, when when the big one got shot and Mando's sitting inside the uh, or climbing outside of the the Razor Crest, it sounded like they were still using their X wings guns. Mm. But as soon as it cut to outside, the sound design changed to blaster rifles. Right. I, the few times I've watched that, I was always trying to pay, try to figure out where it was that they finally popped the hoods or popped the cockpits to take them out by hand i guess yeah that was it I, no, that's yeah the, that's, that's a thought, thought. <laughs> yeah, oh, all right we're fine you coaxed out of me this is a dumb prop thing the blasters that they're the the two x-wing pilots use uh, carson and trapper wolf um <laughs> Full they of use they're using um oh what, what's the cannon a295 i believe which is what they renamed the blaster rifles they used in Empire Strikes Back, which are the ones based off the German World War II MP44s. Hmm. Said so a lot of numbers. a lot of numbers, yeah. But it was the same gun. It was classified as the same models they used on Indoor, which were based on M16s. But then those became the A280s, and then in Rogue One they changed those up. It's it's the one that I've been building, and it's sitting in a box mm. because um. I lost all motivation to work on it. Nice, <laughs> but I, I just thought it was interesting that they they're wearing they're wearing flight suits that the the shiny style that they wore in Rogue One, but then they're using blasters from a forty year old movie instead of like the more updated version that that Lucasfilm has been making. Well, John, these are trying times. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I forgot. Yeah, I mean they can't just go around using. Willy nilly, whatever. All, all the all the good weapons go to the core world soldiers. Yeah, that makes sense. These guys are on the outskirts, you know. Just they find get, them whatever they can. Yeah, they get surplus. They get pre-war, post-war, mid-war, wartime, time war, and time wars. warp, time war. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Who episode. <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> you know the time wars destroyed Gallifrey. <laughs> yeah. So the the, the the, the X-Wing Time pilots <laughs> are like, hey, we should arrest you, but also you're not a complete bad guy because we know what happened on the prison ship, mm-hmm. which is, you know, that goes back to what you were saying last episode, Mike, with the, 
gray area of the Mandalorian. Right. And, like he'll he'll do what he needs to do in order to like survive, but he has a code of honor. He has morals. They might not be the most righteous of morals, but he still has them. Yeah. Yeah. And he's really good at keeping to them, and I appreciate that about the character. Yeah, I think my favorite part of this episode was definitely like the dialogue between Mando and uh, Carson was his name. Basically, Mando was trying to bargain with the guy <laughs> of, uh, "Hey, uh, let's uh, let's just call it even. You can help me fix my ship, and uh, we'll be good to go." And they're like, "No, we're just not going to kill you or arrest you right now. Please, uh, we're leaving now. Bye." <laughs> Remember that part where your ship illegally docked and like destroyed mm-hmm. a whole bunch of New Republic droids and oh also one of our men died yeah yeah I, I we're letting I, that part go you get I, to stay here with the spiders <laughs> goodbye I, loved, I say good day sir I loved the the because they both had very different looks on their faces yeah. Trapper Wolf like just looks over at Carson with this smirk on his face this is like <laughs> this guy got him and Carson is just like just dead face like Straight did face. you really just say that to me <laughs> like look on his face and uh it's fantastic yeah they, they took off and uh we fixed enough of the ship to get it going just the cockpit yeah um and then uh boosted ourselves out of there what I one one really minor thing that I really appreciated about the the last scene where they're they're blasting off into space is that I find that a lot of sort of sci-fi, you know, the ship goes off into space if it's damaged, but it still like flies straight and is like you know it's just like some smoke coming off of it or something mm-hmm. or sparks. This thing looked like it was limping, like it's oh yeah, it's flying at an angle, it's wobbling. There's like one engine's basically on fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's good stuff. So. John, anything to, to add before we um, close off? I guess the only thing I'd, I'd say is that I saw a lot of stuff about how this episode felt like filler to a lot of people. In our last episode about the Marshall, uh, Ian was saying that they've been doing a pretty good job of balancing the feel of the show, the pacing of the show. And I was really nervous that we were going to go into this episode and it wasn't going to be... They were going to try to match or beat the intensity of the first episode. But instead they went kind of like the opposite direction and gave us an episode to literally cool off. Because mm-hmm. Ice Planet... Ice nice, cold. got him. Hey. Yeah, it's, a, it's a pun. It's a play on words where the comedy That's comes where the in. comedy comes in. Like I can I can understand the thought of it being a filler, but I also appreciate that they did take the time to film something a little bit slower to kind of show uh, Den being more trying to be more of a parent almost to mm-hmm. to the baby Yoda, and with the frog lady kind of giving him a I wouldn't say like a role model as a parent, but to see what what a parent would do to protect their their children, which. The, the the child basically is for Mando at this point. Yeah, there's a point too with with the pacing where you know we're used to Star Wars live action being these big two and a half hour films of just like we have to get through 
all the plot in this amount of time. And sometimes it, you know, personally, in it, uh, in the last episode, episode nine, you know, we could have had a whole nother hour and it still wouldn't have plugged all the holes that it needed to plug. And that's something that I think people could stand to realize about The Mandalorian is that because it's a series, we can take our time. We can go on side quests. We can focus on character development. We don't need to be on straight A plot all the time, hardcore revving, because we have half an hour to an hour multiplied by however many episodes we're going to have. Like, we already have eight in the bag. We're getting eight this season. That's 16 hours of... Yeah. Of content that we we can we can kind of explore and go into these characters, and they've done a really good job with that. I think in sort of the later seasons of the Clone Wars and in Rebels, you know, they they're kid shows, so they kind of have a little bit more of a formula to them. But they really did a, a you know they understood that they could take that time, and we can do that with live action. It's okay. So yeah, this was a bit of a filler episode, and it was a bit of a side quest. And I've also, John, I've also seen, you know, complaints online. It's like, uh, Mando accepted another freaking side quest, you know, but... That's what I want out of it. Yeah. Would you ever play a video game? Come on. Yeah, and and it's... If it was just the adventures of Mando and Baby Yoda, and we didn't... Side quests are how you get introduced to new characters, new, you know new ideas new races new all of these things is like we can go about doing the star wars that we've done before but i'm not interested in that and i know a lot of other people aren't interested in that you know we have this whole new form of media um that we're presenting star wars in we're doing it on internet television basically and shouldn't that also come with a new like you know, form of Star Wars, what it needs to look like. It can be less than two and a half hours. It can be budgeted less. It can be focused more on dialogue or characters as opposed to big forceful scenes and like epic moments. I'm looking, I've looked forward to this series for, for more than almost anything else in Star Wars because of the, those facts. And so, you know, I continue to watch it because it, it hits all the buttons for me as like a content feeder, basically. Right. I I consume content, and this form of content for Star Wars is like perfect for me because I don't have to sit there for two and a half to three hours to watch it. I don't have to feel like psych myself up to do this. It can be more often than every year, every other year. And then for episodes, it was like a gap of so many years in between those. It's like... We could keep having Mandalorians, or we could keep having other series like this. Sorry, this is a bit of a tangent, but like... No, it's all good. It's good. Side quests are how you get to that point. Yeah. If you stay on the, the, the narrow from what we've seen previously, we just get the same stuff, and who wants to watch the same stuff over and over again? Like, I'm looking forward to new Star Wars. Yeah. And... Um, this is a great way to kind of introduce that, and I'm looking forward to seeing if they can kind of pick up from this. So, and there have been a, a number of things, you know, going forward in in future episodes that are good uh, branching off points. I'd call them stuff that is introduced where I could totally see them going off into a side series about that 
or going into the side series about whoever or whatever. So they are they are side questing. They are doing filler episodes, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Mm-hmm. All right. Any last minute additions, gentlemen? All right. I think that'll. Uh, All right, I think that's it. <laughs> we, have, <laughs> we have meditated, we have reached into the forest, and we have come up with nothing. <laughs> we have harmonized. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, thank you very much for joining us on this episode of Hoth Topics, a podcast about Star Wars. If you want to find out more, listen to past episodes, read any articles, or just generally see what we're up to, you can head over to hothtopicspodcast.com. You can tweet at us at the Twitters at HothPod, or you can send us an email at HothPod at gmail.com for any questions, comments, or ideas that you might have for future episodes. Uh, yeah, we'll jump into this uh, next episode and just keep going down the, the Mandalorian train. And, uh, uh, do, yeah. Uh-huh. Got it. Endings. Nailed it. I'm good at them. Mm. Segway. My name is Ian. Uh, mine is not. That was John. Mike's here as well. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody. We will see you next time. And that's the straight facts. And again, send your sweet spider memes no. to at Hothpod. Nope. At Hothpod Ian. Neither specifically. Nope. nope. Thank, thank you all. Don't do not do this. Don't do this. More no! More spiders. No! More spiders. And other arachnids. Oh, worse. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>